if I couldn't tell Well, you think you pull your boots on right And wear your hat so well So pour me my laughter As I sure do understand Even Moses got excited When he saw the promised land That's right You're not from Texas, that's right, you're not from Texas, that's right, you're not from Texas, but Texas won't you anyway, that's right. Hey gang, thanks for listening to this bonus episode of The Hustle. Uh, this is me appearing on my friend Paul Underwood's radio program, Glory Days Radio, down in Brownwood, Texas. I know that sounds really random. Here's what it is. So a couple weeks ago, I had to go to Dallas on a business trip for work, and I had originally intended to maybe stay an extra day or two, and kind of make the rounds. I, I communicate with a few of you who live in Texas, and I was hoping to sort of stop in and see some people, hang out a little bit, but everyone lived so far away, it wasn't possible to really see everyone. But I did make it down to Brownwood to hang out with Paul and his wife, Jill. And Paul hosts this radio show, and he invited me to come on the show. And I got to pick a topic. So what I did, and I explain it in here, is I, I picked songs that have a moment in them that is just that magical moment. Maybe it's a bass line or a groove or a riff or a lyric or whatever. Paul describes it in here as like that part of the song that you have to shush everyone in the car for before it comes on, you know? So I play a bunch of songs that mean a lot to me that fit that category. Uh, we discussed some of the previous episodes of The Hustle, and uh, I thought it might be interesting for you to hear. Paul's a great guy. I really like Glory Days Radio. Unfortunately, because of, of um, restrictions around the radio station, it's not available as a podcast, although I'm going to try and work with him on getting around that. So the best bet if you want to listen in on Glory Days Radio is maybe to follow them on Facebook, and you can see when he posts new episodes. It's every week. I'm never the, you know, the subject of these interviews, so it was a little weird having kind of the spotlight turn around, but it was fun. And you get to hear from my wife and kids. That'll be kind of interesting. So anyway, hope you enjoy this. Check out Glory Days Radio. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you later. Hey, it's Bobby Brown. Yes, the star from Warren's Cherry Pie video. And you're listening to Glory Days Radio on Magic 1380. Live from the KBWD studios on Carnegie Street in beautiful downtown Brownwood. We must be in heaven, man. It's streaming worldwide. It's Glory Days Radio. Now, here's your host, Paul Underwood. Rock on. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is your host, Paul Underwood, and welcome to another episode of Glory Days Radio, and this is going to be a lot of fun tonight. I'm going to introduce you to the world of rock podcasting, and I have as my guest really one of the finest I've ever heard, and I'm a little worried of introducing you to my audience because I'm afraid I'm going to lose listeners to you, John Lamoureux. <laughs> I wouldn't worry about that. He broadcasts out of Denver, Colorado, and he has a rock and roll podcast available on iTunes and just about anywhere. Just search it, and it's called The Hustle. Yeah. 
and John, I'm going to let you just real quickly explain the name The Hustle and what your show is all about. So the way that I describe it is I want to know what the emotional, psychological, and financial impact of brief rock stardom is. Now, when I originally began the podcast three years ago, the intention was to talk to people who maybe had one hit or one album. Yes. If you're um, a member of Animotion yeah. and Obsession was a huge hit, 1984, mm-hmm. how do you pay your bills today? Yes. Can you? Do you have a regular job? What was the kind of after effect of success like that? Yeah. So the transition in your life from nothing to something and then back down to nothing again. And it's amazing to listen to this because each artist has their own story to tell. And I'm amazed, John, at how you can kind of broach this subject because you're you're a genuinely nice guy okay. and they get that feeling but I'm, I'm sometimes amazed that you can broach kind of a sensitive sub you're talking yeah. their finances and get these people to open up to you i view this as like this is your life mixed with um where are they now yeah. so i'm i'm honoring them i'm only reaching out to people that i really like yes. you know i have all their stuff or i'm familiar yeah to me they're more than just this one song and so i want to tell that story but then i also you know want to know how you doing and 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 that's what you do an excellent job of first of all you do you set yourself up to be a fan i mean Mm -hmm. a genuine fan and i would say 80 to 90 percent of the shows you are a genuine fan now you do some shows that are listener requests and sometimes i love those guests but sometimes your heart's not in that and sometimes those turn out to be not as good as shows but Mm -hmm. if you bat 900 that's a pretty good (laughs) you know I just reach out to people I perceive might have an interesting story, and sometimes I'm, I get lucky. John Lamoureux is one of the ones that inspired me to do what I do, Glory Days Radio. Just a quick search on iTunes, I looked, and you have 61 people have done reviews for mm-hmm. you. And I've just noticed of those 61 reviews, 56 of them are five-star reviews. Yeah. That's amazing. It's really nice. So the people that discover you, that means if you discover this guy, and it's called The Hustle, and search it out on iTunes. The people that discover John Lamoureux fall in love with your show. I hope so. So I came into Dallas for work. Yes. And I've been on a business trip the last few days. And since you and I had become friends through the podcast, I thought, well, while I'm here, maybe I can go down to Brownwood and spend some time with Paul. And he, when I made that decision, I thought you lived right outside of Dallas. Well, which you for, don't. first of all, Texas is a large state, John. Yes, it is. <laughs> it is very large. <laughs> so I thought, well, I'll, I'll come down to Brownwood and hang out with Paul. Yeah. And um, you were nice, nice enough to get us VIP tickets oh, to see yes. Kofi Anderson last uh-huh. night at yeah. the Oasis. Yeah. I had low expectations because, frankly, I'm not the world's biggest country music fan at least yeah. not modern country music right i loved it yeah. i had such a great time not just <laughs> not just listening to him he was fantastic but also just the people watching and you know seeing people dance and just be uninhibited like that i'm, I'm not like that i'm too scared to get up and dance i think this was his first honky tonk it that was. he'd ever been to tell the story about the song that you knew that you <laughs> did not think you knew so my kids recently i have three kids uh 10 9 and 5 and they've recently discovered that song Blue, Bada Dee, Ba Ba Ba, or whatever it is from yeah. the 90s. Yeah. And my son has an Alexa, uh, the Amazon thing. And so he'll say, Alexa, play Blue. And sometimes Alexa gets it wrong and they play this song <laughs> that 
by a country guy that says those blah da dee blah 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 stuff in it. Uh-huh. And uh, we were listening to Kofi Anderson last night, and he plays that song. It's his song. I never knew that. I never pieced that together. Let's listen just a little bit, and you'll get it, because Kofi is great at really mashing his 90s upbringing pop songs into right. his country songs. Let's listen just a little bit of Bud Light Blue. A little Kofi Anderson for you here on Glory Days Radio. Sipping on Sonoma My heart it was a goner She's a gypsy not a loner I was driving 95 Left hand wheel, right hand thigh Look me in the eye Over the ocean I took a dive Her eyes are blue kind of do a two-parter here with John Lamoureux. John came to me with really a great idea for a show, and we're going we're gonna to get to that, but I want to delve a little bit more into the guests that you've had on, on your show, The Hustle, mm-hmm. and even play a few of, of your interviews, if you don't mind me just stealing sure. straight from your show. So forgive me if I, if I kind of sound like a fanboy here for just a minute, kind of like this guy. Hey, uh, remember when uh, you were in the the Beatles, and uh, you did that um, album, Abbey Road, and uh, at the very end of the song, uh, the song goes, uh, and in the end, the love you take is equal to the love you make. You remember that? (laughs) Yes. Uh, Is that true? So that's kind of what you're going to hear from me. I'm going to be, uh, okay, John, do you remember when uh, you had uh, Ray Parker Jr. on? Who He, he did that, uh, that, that song, Ghostbusters. Do you remember that, John? I do remember that, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah that, was, that was cool. That was cool. <laughs> you had Ray Parker Jr. on. Yeah. How was old Ray doing, by the way? He was good. He, you know, it's interesting. I, um, he was one of my dream guests all along. Again, going back to this idea of people that we all know that we don't hear from often enough. What are their stories? What's going on with them? Mm-hmm. It was interesting to talk to him. He is so cool. And when I, and I mean that in the literal sense, the guy is just, he doesn't get worked up about much of anything. You know, life is just breezy easy for that guy because he's so talented and funny and wealthy and you know what i mean just not a care in the world yeah, and that, that's the way you want to imagine those guys you it know is. here i'm going to play a little bit from the ray parker jr and we're going to get in right into that ghostbusters part right here you mentioned that being sort of invited to write the song was sort of like winning a, the lottery because it sounds like you were the only one at the time who could come up with a song that actually had the word ghostbusters in it because that's what ivan reitman wanted is that right that's exactly what he wanted. And I guess they had hired a whole bunch of slew of people to do it. 
and just nobody came up with a song that, that fitted what he wanted. And I can't, I, as soon as I had a meeting with him, I actually left the meeting early and I had the idea for the song in my head. So I wanted to go and, you know, put it down. Mm-hmm. Gosh, do you know how, I mean, were you like the 30th choice? Who are some of the other people that couldn't come up with this song? I have no idea, but really? they spent a whole year trying to get people. <laughs> I know that much. Wow. I, uh, I had, so I was way, I was at the end of the process. I bet. <laughs> I bet. These are some of my favorite shows, John, that you've done. Okay. Of course, I, I love all of them. Walter Egan, mm-hmm. the great song, Magnet and Steel. To show the way I feel My secrets to The one-hit wonder, mm-hmm. Walter Egan, mm-hmm. uh, listening to your podcast, and you find out that he's a substitute teacher in Franklin, that Tennessee now. Isn't that yeah. amazing? How many people out there care about a new Walter Egan album? You know, yeah. Not as many. But so he maintains this um, substitute teaching gig to you know pay the bills when he's not doing music. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, John, but I do believe that Walter Egan may be the only substitute teacher that actually slept with Stevie Nicks. <laughs> Now, well, and, and we you, don't know, do we? You, I think, didn't you break this news on your it podcast? It felt like I did. I couldn't believe it. Because, uh, you know, Magnet and Steel features Stevie. Stevie and Lindsey Buckingham produced that album. Right. And he was telling me what a crush he had on Stevie Nicks. And then he just sort of drops, like, no big deal. And then my, and then my dreams came true. Was Stevie, you may not even know, the party line that goes out, about the recording of rumors was that she and Lindsay are breaking up. And one of the things that's feeding this breakup is her hooking up with Mick Fleetwood. Right. And kind yeah, of that happened. married yeah. and breaking up their breaking up his yeah. marriage. Were you before or after that? I was before that. Okay. That happened. Do you don't after, think she broke uh, up with you or call or it kind of fizzled out with you so that she could get with Mick? Or do you think there was, well, maybe, I mean, of course, maybe, that slightly as, I think Don Henley's as, in there somewhere too, right? Yeah, he comes along in a little time after that. Yeah, she's such a <laughs> you know? Oh, gosh. <laughs> and I say that in the kindest way. Possible. Of course. You know, I say, you it's know, royalty. You know, I dare say I have, uh, I have proof, let's say. I mean, I've been, you know, I've been marginalized in all these stories uh-huh. that have come out about it. But uh, the truth is... It happened. Yeah. I have uh, DNA evidence. <laughs> oh, my God. Let's leave it at that. Okay. Okay. Uh, how many the, people the subscribe to your podcast? <laughs> <laughs> and so for like two, two and a half weeks, they were lovers. Yeah. And I just think... What if you if you have the memory of a naked Stevie Nicks 
rolling around in your head as you're the substitute teacher at a you know kid's school. You know, I was talking to you last night about, and, and I'm going to make you read the Dave Stewart autobiography. I want to read that. And uh, Dave Stewart is another notch on Stevie's belt, by the way, too. Really? <laughs> Dave Stewart? <laughs> no. He's so weird looking. Uh, yeah, I know. We you know. you got to wonder, maybe you could have had a chance with Stevie if her uh, you know, discernment is so weak mm, that yeah. Dave Stewart looks good. We e- may have had a chance, I Paul. I know, evidently. You know, you never know. Now, the name Martin Page might not mean a lot to some people out there, but that was one of my favorite episodes because he wrote one of the more universally known worst songs of rock and roll. We built this city. We built this city on rock and roll. We built this city. We built this city on rock and roll. Tell me, tell me something about Martin Page. So Martin Page is the man who wrote with Bernie Taupin, We Built This City on Rock and Roll. Yeah. And uh, he's taken heat for that, you know, his whole career. Now, having said that, the guy's like a millionaire. Oh, yeah. Because like it or not, that song still gets played, still gets, you know, put on commercials. He's doing just fine from that. To that kind of place. Knee deep in the hoopla. Sinking in your fight. Too many I knew who Jefferson Starship was, but right. I wasn't a great fan of, shall we say, the stadium American rock music. Got it. Okay. But mm-hmm. Bernie, but to get a cover early on with Bernie Taupin was very special. So off they went and they recorded "We Built the City." Very different to the demo. Very different. So I take a lot of stick for the, mm-hmm. the for the way Starship recorded it. And then I think the stick comes basically from people loving White Rabbit and the the past yeah. of Jefferson Starship and thinking sure. that they sold out. Well, for me, as a young songwriter in Los Angeles, and as Bernie said in Rolling Stone, he said, if you hear the demo that Martin did, you mm-hmm. did it's a different creature altogether. I believe it. But I was very, very thankful to, to yeah. break through and have a, a big hit. And, you know, it's, it's i just got to give you this little anecdote, which is quite funny. I was working yesterday with Jack Hughes from Wang Chung. I was going to uh, ask you about him, too. The two of us have written, supposedly, in Billboard's history, the two worst songs ever made. So we, oh, so we both shook hands. We got films saying, you've written everybody, everybody have fun tonight, and I've written We Built the City. We are number one. Of the oh worst songs God, ever created in life. That's true. And then someone oh, shouted out, but you're, but you're running to the bank. I said, I Ex- suppose we are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, of course, that's going to be my question, right? So, so you, first I've of all, I've never had a song, I have to say, John, you know, yeah. and I, I take all the crap that people throw. They don't really, they've never heard the demo. And if they listen to Bernie Taupin's lyrics, and uh-huh. I, I know you do, on We Built This City, 
There's a much deeper element in what we're talking about. And Bernie's, you know, the, the greatest lyricist to me uh, uh, yeah. in the pop world alive. So it's really quite ironic that people think, I think that what they're judging is Jefferson Starship's long history in, in, in the music so business. But it was very funny for me and Jack to just look at the camera and say, yes, That's we amazing. are number one at the worst songs ever written in time. This is Paul Underwood. You're listening to Glory Days Radio, and my very special guest tonight is John Lamoureux, who hosts the Hustle Podcast. And I love the fact that you you don't get those star, star guests, because those people, they're on autopilot. You're not going to learn anything new from Eddie Money. Right. I mean, probably. I mean, you're going to get a caricature of Eddie Money. And so you reach out to these people that maybe they haven't done an interview in... A decade, right? You know, a lot of them. Yeah, my think my kind of advice to people who are new to the podcast is always: if you go in the archives and you look for names you recognize, start there. And even some of the ones you don't recognize, because we always kick off the show playing their most famous song. Yeah. Chances are pretty good. As soon as you hit play, you're going to recognize the song. I know this song. Well, this yeah. is the story of the guy behind that song. Right. You know, what's that guy doing now? All right, let's go through a few more of your guests here. I'm going to get some more great stories from John Lamoureux of the Hustle Podcast. Now, this is an artist that uh, I know that my audience would be familiar with, and because this is a song, as I was a kid, I was 11 years old, and this was my favorite song. And I'm talking about the Elton John duet with Kiki D, Don't Go Breaking My Heart. Of course, we all we know about Elton John, sure. but whatever happened to Kiki D? That was exactly my thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone knows that song, but what do we know about her? And that was the number one song all over the world, mm-hmm. you know? Could you live off just Don't Go Breaking My Heart money for the rest of your life? Well, I did for a bit. You know, it was it's always lovely okay. when a check comes in, you know, cause especially when, sure. you don't when, you're gonna, when you don't know when you're going to work again, you know, which has always been the case. I'm, when am I working? Yeah. Two months, three months, you know? Yeah. So they were always not. I haven't had any for ages for that song, actually. You need to put another best of out, I think, so I yeah, can make some more money to live on, you know. <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> no, it, it, did pay, it did pay a lot of bills over the years. No, over the years, it spread out, you know, and if, yeah. Elton had a, if Elton put it on an album, obviously, I'd get, I'd get this. I'd get what they call the performance royalty. Stephen Bishop was another highlight show of mine. You know, I particularly liked that show because I got to be part of that show. Okay, another listener of mine, his name's Paul Underwood. 
and he and I were bonding over how much we loved the Bowling in Paris album. Well, that's good. Some fans don't. That's their least favorite album, some fans. I know. I can imagine, and I'll ask you more about that in a minute. Uh, Personally, and I'm sure this is because I'm a product of the 80s, I don't mind the production. It sounds like all the other good music that I liked around that time. Yes, it's dated, but my ears are just attuned to that anyway. In fact, I was listening to another interview you did where you were saying how in your face that production was, and you're not super keen on it, but that is like, you know, that's what that's the sound I grew up on, you know? No, I'm, I'm keen on it. I'm keen on okay. everything. Okay, good. He wanted, first of all, he said, you'll like this, I think I know what love is, is a song that cinched the fact that he had found the love of his life, and 25 years later, he and his then-girlfriend are still married. That's a little bit of Stephen Bishop there. Of course, he's got those great songs, On and On. Save It for a Rainy Day, I think, is my favorite mm-hmm. Stephen Bishop song. Yeah. And, you know, Animal House soundtrack. Yeah. You kind of stepped in a little bear trap with Stephen Bishop. <laughs> Let's talk about that. Yeah. So he, <laughs> so he had mentioned to me that he still tours regularly around Asia. And um, I had you know, a few months before that, had Bertie Higgins on the show. Yeah. You may remember Bertie Higgins, Key Largo. Uh-huh. Yeah. And Bertie was telling me something very similar, that he goes out and he does a tour of the Pacific Rim every other year for like six weeks, and that's when he makes his nut. And, and Bertie Higgins is affectionately known, his type of music is? Yacht rock, one-hit wonder, basically. Yeah. Although he's still out there. He's a really interesting guy. I had He was on the show, too. So I had mentioned to Stephen... And this was, I said, you know, Stephen, I had Bernie Higgins on here, and he said something similar. What is it about uh, the Pacific Rim that really is still so into your music? And he said, whoa, 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 I am way bigger than Bernie Higgins. And I said, no, I'm not comparing you to Bernie Higgins. I'm saying that you're both still really big in Asia. Have you not listened to my have you not read my Ooh. my website? Do you not know who's recorded my songs? Mm. I was like, no, I'm not I'm not saying that you're only as good as Bertie Higgins. I'm just <laughs> saying that they both that that audience has embraced both of you. Why do you think that is? And I never quite recovered after that. Yeah, yeah. He was a prickly prickly guy. Had a very nice funny, you know, uh persona, yeah. facade, yes. but you could tell that right beneath that surface There's some anger in there.
Speedway Bill of the Tubes. Mm. And so many great tube songs. Talk to you later, Sushi Girl. Yeah. She's a beauty. Yeah, she's a beauty, yeah. of course. Yeah, that was my high school years. And I love Fee Waybill and the tubes. And Fee was a hoot, wasn't uh, he? He's one of my very favorite interviews. Because the guy, I really, as you can imagine, I really appreciate the people who just are unfiltered. Yeah. Because they make for such great listening, yeah. you know? And uh, he was just so full of stories and so full of honesty around the how much debt they were in and the drugs people were doing yeah. and how he went about getting them out of debt. And uh, he tells this story. My very number one favorite is David Bowie. So we're sitting on the couch, me and Dave, and we're talking, you know, and there's all these people there. And he kind of goes, he, he looks over to me and he goes, you know, uh, I've got a little present for you. And I went, really? And he goes, yeah. Uh-huh. He kind of, you know, he goes, I'm going to go get some cocaine and I'm going to come oh. back and then I'm going to take you to my room. And I've got something uh-huh. for you. And I kind of went, okay. Yeah. Okay. And he kind of winks, you know, and I kind of go, uh-huh. oh, no. Oh, oh no. Boy. Oh, no. Oh, no. I don't uh-huh. think I want this present. I don't think I want right. this. Right. And I'm trying to be polite, you know, and I'm uh-huh. this guy's a legend, you know? Yeah. And I... And he says, okay, stay right here. And I, I said, okay. And then he left. Uh-huh. And I got up, and I walked out the door. No, really? Yeah. I got up, and I walked out the door, and I thought, you know, I'm afraid of what this present might be, and I don't yeah. think I'm going to like it. <laughs> and I, I don't, you know, I don't oh. swing both ways here, Dave. Sorry. I didn't yeah. say anything like that, though. I just you think suspected. that's what I mean? Obviously, do you think that's what he had in mind? Oh, absolutely. Oh, oh, is right. Wow. I'm pretty pretty sure that that's what because he had made reference to it a number of times, you know, throughout really? the tour. Obscure reference, and you know, there sure. was always the stories, you know, of yeah, him, of course, of course, kind of being bi or whatever. Yeah, you know, I, I I wasn't sure of anything. You know, it's yeah. all hearsay. And uh, but I thought, oh, oh gosh. my gosh! Even if you're straight, you've got to at least kind of think about. You consider it's David Bowie now. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so Fee's not gay. Not that there's anything wrong with that. And he's <laughs> not on drugs. And so whatever was going to go on in that room later, he wanted no part of it. And so he didn't go, and he never saw David Bowie again. Oh. It's just crazy to think you were propositioned that way. The other interesting thing was, and you can only find this out by listening to The Hustle, is that Fee, he's like an apartment super. Yeah, yeah. He manages real estate so tenants are like, hey, I've got a leaky pipe, and yeah. here comes Fee up there to fix it. That's <laughs> true. And the next weekend, he's off in, you know, England playing opening in London or whatever. It's crazy. That's amazing. Yeah. One of the biggest names you were able to get is 
Oates yeah. of Hall and Oates. You talked to John Oates recently, I yeah. and I, I know you'd been holding out for forever and ever to try to get Daryl Hall, mm-hmm. but you got the next best thing. I did. Daryl does not do a lot of media, and he's sort of a prickly guy. Anyway. Oh, you think? <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> we can be honest about this. Yes, the guy's a grump. What surprised you about uh, talking with John Oates? I know that the common perception out there for most of us is that he's sort of the stepchild to Daryl's talented greatness, yeah. that John's just sort of tagging along. Right. But you realize, and this is especially true when you read his book too, how involved he was in a lot of the music that you know, mm-hmm. more involved than you think, yeah. and just I think his personality and his kindness and his gentleness and his classiness made his, it happen. And his unselfishness. Yes. Now what, you, you'll have to jog my memory, but there was a song, a famous Hall & Oates song that John Oates was going to sing lead on. Yes, Maneater. one time when I believe that there was a question about it. Um, I had come up with the idea for Maneater and I had the chorus. Uh-huh. Uh, eventually Daryl and I got together and we wrote the entire song and finished it. And when we did, I just thought, well, okay, well, you know, this will be a good one for me to sing. We talked about it. We actually had a, had a conversation. Mm-hmm. We were in a car somewhere. And, we, and, and I remember him saying, because this was at the time when we were having, you know, hit after hit. We were on top right. of the pop charts all the time. And I remember Daryl said, look, John, he goes, if you want to sing it, man, it's cool. He goes, but I think this is the number one record, and if I sing it, I'm pretty sure it's going to be a huge record. And I looked at him, and I went, you know what? You're right. Wow. And, and so there you go. That's what that's happened. It. That's the only time. That's the only time we ever actually had a discussion about it. Now, it was also interesting that they're not best buddies. No. This is really, and has been, I think, from the beginning, more of a, part, a business partnership. Mm-hmm. They don't hang out that often. They don't live anywhere near each other. They don't socialize. Frankly, I've heard rumors that they don't actually even like each other that much, which yeah. may be true. Yeah. Um, they're able to come together for the shows and you know perform well and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, they, they and he makes it very clear. Some of you may have heard him tell this story before. If you look at every Hall & Oates album cover, it says Daryl Hall and John Oates, not Hall and Oates. Yeah. Because they want to maintain their independence. Yeah. This is two independent artists coming together to form a partnership, not a group. Right. You know what I mean? Very interesting. Yeah, yeah, I never thought of it that way. This is Paul Underwood, the host of Glory Days Radio, and I am with, I'm going to say it, the great John Lamoureux <laughs> of the Hustle podcast. John seeks out C-list celebrities. How would you categorize just, in the music business? The way that I always present it to them is I want to hear the stories that don't get told as often from the artists that deserve more attention. The great Olita Adams, and that again, that name may not strike a chord with people, but if you think of that great Tears for Fears song, Woman in Chains, yeah. it's a duet with a woman, one of my favorite duets of all time. Me too. You better love me. 
she had been bouncing around on the hotel entertainment <laughs> circuit for years, mm -hmm. you know, performing in the hotel, the hotel bar, piano bar in Kansas City, Missouri, or Des Moines, or bouncing to Oklahoma City, or whatever. Just this network, you know, in middle America for years. So it was on one of those nights that uh, okay. Tears for Fears was playing in town, and they mm -hmm. stayed at the Hyatt. Right. So they did their gigs, went up to their room, came downstairs, paid the cover charge and the two-drink minimum, and they sat there listening to me. Did you know said, who oh. they were? Yeah, I knew who okay. they were. Everybody here basically knew about everybody wants to rule the world. Sure, yeah. And shout. Yeah. And so, you know, I, to me, Roland was the guy who looked like, who reminded me of Donny Osmond because of the oh. teeth, you know, and it was... And she would tell these stories about all these big names would come through. George Benson would come through and say, you're amazing, I'm gonna take you out on tour. And no one ever actually did anything about it until finally, in the early 80s, Roland and Kurt from Tears for Fears came by and said, you're the best, we want to do something with you. Are you shocked at the people now, because you asked that question about finances, maybe mm -hmm. from these one-hit wonders, and so many of the, of the people you talk to have the same story, you know, the record company screwed me over, you know, or this or that, or they, they dropped us or whatever, you know, the, the label died and they, we just got mm -hmm. left on the vine or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then there was a story about Kimberly Rue of yeah. Katrina and the Waves. How did they make off like bandits on their it. one hit? <laughs> That's because now Kimberly's a guy and yes. he's the guitar player for Katrina and the Waves. Rope the song Walking on Sunshine. That song is ubiquitous today. It is used in hundreds of trailers and commercials and product pr promotions, whatever. 
And uh, a few years ago, <laughs> BMG bought the rights to all of Katrina and the Waves music, but let's be frank, it's oh, yeah. just that song, yeah. for 15 million pounds. That is amazing. Because that song alone was generating a million dollars a year, a million pounds a year in royalties. Yeah. So yes, you're the guy who wrote Walking on Sunshine, and you sit pretty for the rest of your life. Yeah, and there, but there's other artists out there that wrote a one-hit wonder, right. and it's... Because of their deal, because of label interference, legals, whatever it might be, they they don't get to benefit quite like that. Wow. All right, this is your host, Paul Underwood, and I guess you could say I'm kind of a rock podcaster, but I have a radio show. I'm actually, people actually can tune into me without downloading anything, John. They yeah. can just stumble upon me. Are you a little jealous of... Uh... No, because they can just as easily <laughs> tune out if they want. <laughs> True. Glory Days Radio is brought to you commercial free. Thanks to Coldwell Banker, Daniel Container, Texas Bank and Landmark Life. Now, back to the show. When we talked about you coming, you had really what I thought was a brilliant idea. We were going to do a show, a little back and forth show on music. Mm-hmm. And I loved your idea. So much that I'm going to turn that part of it into kind of a two-parter. Okay. And you sent me the idea of your favorite part in a song. Yeah. So if there's a part of a song, and maybe it's a bass line or a groove or a chorus or a guitar riff or whatever, that if you were to put that on a loop, you could just listen to it over and over and over again for hours. Yeah. That part that makes a song magic. And of course... Then I got to thinking of, you know, the ones that immediately come to mind, the ones that are classic. And uh, one of them is, you know, the Roger Daltrey scream Mm -hmm. in Won't Mm -hmm. Get Fooled Again. Mm -hmm. And the way I kind of took this idea and ran with it is you're riding in a car with your buddy or your wife and this a song comes on and you know it's going to have this favorite part that's going to come up. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter what that other person is saying. They could be in the middle of a story. You just put your hand, whoa, 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 wait a minute. And you crank it up and, <laughs> and you hear. Yeah! And it could just be a little thing like a piece of guitar feedback. Right. I love this part of the song right here. Yeah. I love Bunny Carlos and his machine gun drums at the end of Off Wiedersehen or whatever the case yeah. may be. Yeah. I thought it was a great topic. So what we're going to do is we're going to go over your list today. And then I'm going to question you, the radio listener, and I'm going to get some feedback on our Facebook page because I want to know what songs cause you to kind of stop down and immediately say, whoa, 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 talk to the hand. We're going to listen to this, you know, and you're going to crank it up in your car or wherever. Mm -hmm. So you've prepared a list of, what do you got, like 13 to 15 songs 15 songs, something like that, yeah. Okay. First, I ask you, because I was curious about a guy that has this really all-consuming hobby. First of all, I wanted to know what John's wife thought of his hobby, and then also what she might think if she's ever been shushed while one of his favorite songs comes on all right first of all tell me your name farah and farah we've been married for 15 years and i want to know how you feel about being married to a world famous podcaster (laughs) such an incredible honor i never dreamed this would be my life right here i am yeah here we are um what is the best and worst parts about um, having a husband who's obsessed with his podcast. Oh, 
I'm really happy that you have something to do that you're super passionate about and that makes you happy. Um, so I think that's definitely the best part is that you have a fun outlet that you enjoy. Uh-huh. Um, I don't think there is a worst part. Does it ever cut into schedules in a way that's inconvenience, inconvenient too often? No, it's not really that big of a deal. Okay. Um, how do you feel about me manning the stereo most of the time when we're in the car? I don't love it. <laughs> I would like to listen to my own music. Okay. Is there a particular band that you like that I've turned you on to? Yeah, you turned me on to St. Lucia. Better believe it's getting harder, but I'm never gonna stop until it's broken. Never gonna stop until it's broken. You've got a super cool wife. I can already tell the fact that she fully supports you in your podcast and the fact that her name is Farah. I know. So we're sitting there at Cafe Anderson last night, and and I, I nailed it, didn't I? I said, sure let's did. see. Now, your wife was born, I'm going to guess, 1977. Nailed it. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. After, uh, could have been, had something to do with Farrah Fawcett. That's exactly what it was, yeah. yeah, yeah. mom and dad. Thought that was a great idea. We've heard from John's wife, Farah, and then I wanted to know John. I kind of want to hear from uh, your kiddos. And this is a pretty wild ride, this interview. <laughs> if you can imagine talking to... Now, we're listening to Georgia, Eddie, and Graham. Mm-hmm. And the ages are... 10, 5, and 9, in keeping with those names. Let's see what John Lamoureux's kiddos think of Dad doing this rock podcast. And then kind of how his musical tastes have rubbed off on them. All right, guys. Tell me your names. Hi, I'm Georgia. Hi, I'm Eddie Halfway. Sup, I'm Graham. <laughs> okay, guys, I want to know what some of the songs are that I've made you listen to in the car. Um, Give um, me some examples. When the Dolphin Cries. When the no! Dolphins Cry? <laughs> okay, who that. sings right. that? Dolphins Cry and, um, what is it? Uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Earth, Wind, and Fire. And Hollow Notes. Hollow Notes. And Billy Joel. Billy Joel. Um, when the Heart Rules the Mind. Ooh, When the Heart Rules the Mind. Good one. And, uh, uh, Arch- What's the song that we hold the note for super long? Lovely day. Lovely day by, um, by that- Bill Withers. Bill Withers, good. A lovely day. Do you guys think my podcast is cool or lame? Yeah, cool. Oh, Eddie thinks it's lame. Don't listen to Eddie because Eddie's just being like, yeah, yeah, he's 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 really weird. Okay. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, thanks guys for being supportive while Wait. I do my podcast. And now let's get a little taste of the stuff that you get excited about and the little parts of songs where you you say, ooh, that is my favorite part mm-hmm. right there. Yeah. So I picked some songs and I broke them into categories. Okay. And the first category I'm going with is songs that have mostly a female vocalist singing backup 
that adds, and I, I, I'll come back to this idea a lot, this idea of like pixie dust or mm. this little bit of magic that you infuse in the song that elevates it to this next level. The first one we're going to kick it off with is a song that everyone knows and has heard a million times. It's John Denver's Take Me Home Country Road. Almost heaven, West Virginia, Blue Ridge Mountains, Shenandoah River. For me personally, sometimes it's hard to hear a song for the millionth time and still find some magic in it. Right. But recently I did. I was listening to John Denver's greatest hits and this came on. And the last minute of the song, after he, you know, he sang that chorus a number of times, a choir comes in and sings it with him. And the woman who wrote the song, her name is Taffy Navit or Navit. Yeah. And she went on to be a member of the Starland Vocal Band. Wow. You know, Afternoon Delight. Oh, yeah. And um, she is singing back up with him. And I'm getting goosebumps just talking about it. In fact, sometimes it chokes me up, honestly. Wow. It is so beautiful at the end. This, it's just life affirming, you know? It makes you believe that good things can still happen in this world. I know that that's a really great song and football stadiums sing it and everything like that. Mm -hmm. But uh, there is a dose of magic in this in the end of this song that's just so emotional to me. Let's see if we can get some more goosebumps out of John Lamoureux tonight as he picks out some of his favorite parts in, I guess, some of your favorite songs. Yeah, Would I you love classify these songs. all these as some of your favorite songs? They're definitely up there, yeah. Um, I thought since I'm in Texas, I should pick a Texas band. And so we're going to go with a band called the Cruzados, who were one of those, I think, sort of a... One of those like Heartland rock bands that you that were very popular in the 80s, like a Bruce Hornsby in the Range yeah. or John Cafferty or John Mellencamp. The Cruzados are out of Austin, and uh, they only put out two albums. And the second one, uh, neither of them are available on iTunes. They're kind of hard to find. Yeah, you, you had to bring me this on a flash drive. I did. There is a ballad on their second album called Time for Waiting that he sings with E.G. Daly who you may remember just to me has one of the most unmistakable voices ever. You just, you can't miss it. She was an actress in Pee Wee's Big Adventure and Valley Girl. She was a voice on Rugrats and in the Babe movies, but she also had a singing career. And just a little teaser, if anyone wants to listen to The Hustle on May 8th, she will be my guest on The Hustle on May 8th. The song is called Time for Waiting, and it really does have a magical chorus. This is Crusados. Take my hand 
the Austin, Texas band. I believe that song came out in sometime in the mid-80s, I think. I think around 87, 88. Yeah. 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 All right, let's move this thing along as we kind of go through John Lamoureux's songs that give him goosebumps, Mm -hmm. songs that if there's someone else around... They're going to be secondary to the song, right? I'm going to be shushing them, absolutely. Whether, whether it's his lovely wife, Farah or his three little urchins. That's right. <laughs> All right, where are we going next, John? Okay, now we're going to go with some Britpop. Okay. Uh, so, you know, in the late 80s, early 90s, so many great bands, like, you know, from everything from Echo and the Bunnymen, the Psychedelic Furs on up to Blur and Oasis. One of the bands that doesn't get as much attention but is equally as good is called The House of Love. The very first track on the album is called You Don't Understand. It's a great bouncy rock song. And the this, again, a female voice, I don't know who she is, comes in in the chorus, hits these notes, elevates it to this level of magic that it wasn't there otherwise. You know, that's one of the, my favorite parts about doing this show is here I think I know everything about every band out there, <laughs> and you're introducing me to really great new music. That's the first time I've played that, by the way. Really? Yeah. Yeah, that chorus when she hits those, I believe, and you'll, it's, uh, it's just magic. That's the House of Love. The song is You Don't Understand, a little Brit pop from John mm-hmm. Lamoureux tonight on Glory Days Radio. Now for something completely different. <laughs> so, uh, we're going to play a little Lou Reed. Satellite's gone up to the skies Things like that drive me out of my mind And uh, there is a little bit of a difference here in that I do think there are women singing in the background, but it's really David Bowie's voice who you can unmistakably pick out in the Mm. background at the end of his song satellite of love which is one of my very favorite lou reed solo songs love the song yep at the end uh this again this sort of choir and it's probably only two or three names maybe or two or three voices um multi-tracked or whatever but it's a it's a dose of magic at the end of the song and it elevates it i think it's beautiful now i say i love the song i only discovered this song really whenever i was like studying up for my glam rock show (laughs) this has been kind of a recent find for Mm. me Let's listen to a little bit of Satellite of Love. See if you can pick out David Bowie's voice here. I'm going to see if I can do that, the Bowie part. Are you ready? Yeah. Oh, 
you're better than I'd be. Uh, I can't do it anymore. Ooh, that is a great song. That is yeah. Lou Reed with a little help from, from Bowie there. A little yeah. glam rock tonight on Glory Days Radio. your host, Paul Underwood. You're listening to Glory Days Radio as we go through some of my guest, John Lamoureux's favorite parts in some of his favorite songs. And I'm going to have you, my Glory Days Radio followers, do the same thing for next week's show. I want to hear from you. I want to know what your favorite little parts are in some of your favorite songs. We've all got those parts where it doesn't matter who's with us, we're going to crank up the sound and we're going to say, Listen to this. This is my favorite part right here. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to share some of mine next week. And I can guarantee you, John Lamoureux, I'm going to have one from this band that you chose. There, there are multiple moments from ELO that could be factored in on this show. My personal favorite is uh, the song All Over the World from the movie Xanadu, yeah. which is one of my favorite guilty pleasure movies. The biggest flop of a movie, but yes. one of the greatest movie soundtracks Absolutely. of all time. You've got so ELO, you've got Olivia Newton-John on the there. The tubes are back on there. Yeah. yeah. I love that soundtrack, and I love that movie. I have a soft spot for it. It's terrible, but it's so fun. <laughs> um, but the song All Over the World uh, has these incredible ooze, and that's what this section of... This uh, of my list is this is the ooh section songs with great ooze. Great. And so ooze. after we the, could do a whole show on just you songs absolutely with great could. <laughs> I could have gone nuts on this. So after the chorus, he does the him or whoever does this ooh that is just so infectious and it's so beautiful. And once again, I believe hand claps factor into this. Here's the genius that is Jeff Lynne. Here's Electric Light Orchestra from 1980. Here's All Over the World. was another singer in Bad Company mm-hmm. after Paul Rogers. Yeah. Paul left. The other two members of the band, Mick and Simon, wanted to keep it going. And um, they they actually intended to start a second project with a new singer named Brian Howe, mm-hmm. who had just sort of come to uh, made some fame singing with Ted Nugent on an album called Penetrator. Yeah. And yeah, go ahead. I'm, so, I'm just going to say how much I love that song that you, you played yeah, on your show. It's uh, Brian has one of the most incredible 
voices you've ever heard in your life. He really does. And he joined the band, and he wrote a ton of hits. And for four albums there, they had a bunch of hits, sold a million millions of records. And the other two guys from Bad Company, according to Brian, didn't do anything. They sort of, I think at this point, were just sort of like happy to sit back and let somebody else shoulder all the work. But Brian then wanted to be compensated for his work, and they didn't like that. This was one of my favorite episodes. If you just listen to one Hustle podcast, this one with Brian Howe is so interesting because imagine having to step in to singing lead vocals. Oh, yeah, you're taking over for a guy whose nickname is... The Voice. Yeah. Paul Rogers. (laughs) I know. I know. But he did it well, and he wrote all these great hits for them. And that is a period of their career that they don't, they ignore, you know, now Paul Rogers is back. He's not out there singing Brian Howe songs. Yeah, these songs are just lost and forgotten. Yeah. And you turned me on to some of these great bad company songs mm-hmm. with Brian Howe on lead vocals. Mm-hmm. So one of my favorites is uh, their last big hit came out in the early 90s. It's called How About That? And it's another song with the ooze. And these ooze uh, precede the chorus. It's just this it's a great meat and potatoes rock song anyway. And these oohs are just so, they, uh, they just give you warm fuzzies. Those are some of the best ooze I've ever heard. I know, right? Again, back to the goosebumps. It just doesn't get any better. That was awesome. That was bad company without Paul Rogers. Yeah, they made some great tunes that are just lost and forgotten. I know, it's true. It's so true. All right, let's move this thing along tonight on Glory Days Radio as we go over some of the best parts in some of the best songs. Yeah. So now we're going into a new section. It's called Songs with a Groove that You Could Listen to Forever. These are songs that just have a section that 
again, you could just put on repeat for days and listen and not, never get tired of the groove that this song finds. The first one is again, going back to David Bowie, my all time favorite. This is a song called Secret Life of Arabia. It's the last track on the Heroes album. So it was not a hit or anything. It's not one of his well-known songs, but it is by far the funkiest. It was co-written by his guitarist, Carlos Alomar, who I had on my show. Yes, a very well-liked show, by the way. Yes, too. one of our more popular ones. It finds this funky groove. One of the greatest bass lines in the history of rock is found in this song, and once again, hand claps. got a little uh, void in my Bowie collection mm -hmm. there. Beyond the hits, I don't really dive quite as deep as you do into mm -hmm. David Bowie. So thank you for sharing that. Sure. Yeah, that's, that's a great uh, one. Maybe my favorite Bowie song of all. Now, I'm going to go with some R&B, and i got to be honest, I considered picking only R&B songs for this show, because there's so many good, groovy ones. I'm so glad you didn't, John. I know. That's I, what... I love a good R&B song now and right. again, but your R&B, I think, goes a little deeper than mine. Yeah. I, 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 my country goes a little deeper than yours, right? Words, that's exactly right. <laughs> um, my two very favorite uh, genres of music, I should say, are probably 80s alternative rock from England yeah. and 70s R&B and funk, Earth, Wind and Fire, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So we're going to listen to some Isaac Hayes. This was probably one of his very best albums called Black Moses. And uh, this is a song called Part-Time Love. A lot of his songs go on for, some of them are like 15 minutes long. Yeah, yeah. this um, one's eight or nine, I think. Yes, yeah. it is. And about halfway through, they just, he kind of abandons the structure of the song and kind of goes into this vamp for like the last four minutes of the song and it's got women you know great backup nothing better than some black ladies singing backup Ooh. on a rock song I oh love yeah. It. yeah so this song just the horns the drums it's a very he was you know with the shaft soundtrack he was actually quite symphonic with some of his arrangements and songs so it just gets big and groovy so we're going about four minutes in here let's pick up a little part-time love here's isaac hayes with the beautiful backing vocals as well I'm talking about a 
Oh my gosh! If I fronted a rock and roll band, John, mm-hmm. I would want those backup singers with me. I know it's great. <laughs> I saw the Killers in Hyde Park, and mm-hmm. they might have had those same backup singers. I don't There's know. There's just nothing better. Talk about a dose of pixie dust. Yeah, they make yeah. everything good. Live and commercial free. Hello, this is Brian Adams on your favorite radio station. This is Glory Days Radio with Paul Underwood on KBWD Brownwood. Shine your light, your love, your hope. Hold it in your hands so tight. Beam it from your eyes at night. I can't find my way. Your music knowledge is uh, amazing and extensive, which is, considering your upbringing, that's it's kind of surprising. I know. Grew up Mormon in Salt Lake City. You wouldn't think that you could get as diverse as I do with... <laughs> With music, but I try, I just, I get turned on by a lot of different stuff, you know, there's good in everything. I often tell people, my, my favorite thing about myself is my taste in music. Yeah. Because I like that I have the ability to just see good in all kinds of music. So Bob Mould is known in some circles as one of the greatest guitar players of all time. Wow. And, uh, Bob uh, came out, he's gay. Not that there's anything wrong with that. And he came out after the d- dissolution of uh, Husker Du, and he... He had decided at one point that he was really going to immerse himself in club and kind of gay club culture. And so he decided he didn't want to play guitar anymore. He wanted to be a DJ. Mm-hmm. And you can imagine if someone like in your world, Eddie Van Halen or something, came and said, I'm not playing guitar anymore. I'm going to DJ dance records. So this is not what people wanted to hear from their guitar god, right? Yeah. A little bit of trivia. Uh, Bob Mould wrote the theme song to The Daily Show. Oh, wow. A bit of trivia. Okay. So anyway, well, he does this, and he's obviously less successful, and albums start stop selling, and so he decides he's going to start of kind of incorporating the two, and this album that came out in the early 2000s called Body of Song is a great mixture of sort of the dance beats of the clubs with his guitar playing, and there's a song on there that says, that's called Shine Your Light, Love, Hope, and that's really the only line in the song. Shine your light, your love, your hope, hold it in your hand so tight or something. Anyway, it's just repeated the whole time, but it's this incessant groove, and I will say it's my favorite song in the world to run to. Definitely adding that to my run list. So good. That's one of those songs that you run to, and then if you happen to take your headphones off afterwards <laughs> and you hear how hard you're actually breathing, you're like, I should be having a heart attack yeah. right about now. Oh, it's the best. <laughs> and I've been known to play that song in the car on a loop for hours, just keep hitting repeat. I love it. My gosh, that's a great one. Bob Mould and Shine Your Light, Love, Hope off the album Body of Song. I'm with John Lamoureux here on Glory Days Radio and the Hustle Podcast, I might add, as 
I think we have hopes that you're going to simulcast this, perhaps. If you're able to give me the file, I'm going to put it out and release it as one of our episodes, yeah. Yeah, so some of the Hustle's audience, they're going to learn a little inside baseball on John Lamoureux. That's true. I've got your wife on here. I've got your kiddos on here. I'm not the focus of my show ever, so this is going to be really interesting. <laughs> this has been a lot of fun for me to, uh, to interview the interviewer here tonight Thank on you. Glory Days Radio. Where are we going next, John? All right, now we're going to go with Peter Murphy, who is the goth father. He was the mm. frontman of Bauhaus. His second solo, third solo album, I should say, is called Deep. It's one of my favorite albums of all time. It's start to finish, every song is perfect. It had one, his only real hit on on the pop charts was called Cut You Up, that yeah. was on this album. It The album ends kind of strangely. These two very long songs called Roll Call that are, again, sort of just grooves and the last song is Roll Call, and then the se- the very last song is Roll Call Reprise, which is just a remix of Roll Call <laughs> that's even a couple minutes longer. But it's it's got the um, famous drum beat that Eric B. and Rakim used for Follow the Leader, and uh, Mars used for Pump Up the Volume. Pump Up the Volume, Pump yep. Up the <laughs> You would recognize the drum beat, and then it's his band playing drums and everything over the top, and there's this kind of Indian influence in it. Again, this is a groove that goes on for between the two songs, like 15 minutes, and it could go on for 15 hours for all I care. I can't believe I tried to mimic Pump Up the Volume. I can't either, but it was great. You did it. (laughs) Here's Peter Murphy. Here's Roll Call. If you're doing the heavy hallucinogens that John and I are, are I'm, kid, I'm kidding, no, but if, if you were, it, it would take you to a whole different yeah, level, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, different dimension. That song will get you there. That's a little Peter Murphy, that's Roll Call, and I commented while we were listening to that that it sounds a little bit like if uh, if Fred Schneider of the B-52s yeah. could actually sing. Yeah, that's very true, <laughs> very true. A lot of people give Peter Murphy kind of a hard time because he seems so... Like he's trying to be Bowie so hard, but really they just share a lot of characteristics, that kind of dark beauty. Yeah, very gothy there, John. Yeah, yeah. All right, well now we're we're actually kind of staying in this sort of dark goth area for one more song. This is uh, what I think is one of the most underrated bands of all time. They're called the Chameleons. And I would say if you're a fan of The Cure, which yeah. a lot of people are, that sort of darkness that The Cure, the beautiful darkness that they 
perfected. Chameleons do that, but in maybe a less poppy or vibrant way. It's it, more masculine, okay. more muscly. All right, I got you. So they put out an album called Strange Times, which is, again, one of my favorites start to finish. And there's a song on there called Soul in Isolation. It sounds heavy, and it is. It's, in my opinion, maybe the most beautiful song ever recorded, even though it's very dark and depressing. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, souls in isolation are all of us, you know, when we're at our darkest and dreariest and most depressed. And he, just the way that he expresses that feeling in this song is so profound to me. There's a part in here where he's begging someone, he's a soul in isolation, and he's begging someone to turn on the light. Turn on the light so that I'm not in this darkness anymore. Oh yeah, you were telling me about this one. Yeah. Yes. And the way he says, turn on the light in this just this reserved, like, I can't take it anymore kind of voice uh, hits me every time. Yeah, I listened to this, I previewed it, and I got exactly what you mean. Let's listen to that from The Chameleons. Here's Soul in Isolation. didn't discover that song because that's exactly the kind of music I was listening to in 1986. Yeah. It's so beautiful and again goosebumps that I'm alive in here I'm a, you know I'm, turn on the light mm -hmm. and the way that he finally says that in this like I can't take it anymore kind of resign myself to darkness way turn on the light it's just beautiful to me I really think and it's just so powerful and if you that's why I say if you like by the way we sh I should say we're in a new category here these are lyrics or songs with words that uh, mean something to me and I just yeah. think the way that he expresses that kind of loneliness is so profound right yeah there. an excellent comparison by the way to the cure a little mm -hmm. heavier version a little, a little less, heavier like less I, that's why I say it's a little more masculine a little more mm -hmm. you know muscly than the cure was but along the same lines and I'm gonna throw something else in here because I've heard you throw around my favorite album ever my best song ever and if you're a music lover you know where we're coming from because I use that hyperbole mm -hmm. all the time. I know. And if we had to make a list of all the times that it's, my, it's my favorite song of all time. Maybe, yeah. you know? <laughs> Can I give you my rationale for this? Okay. You can cut this out if this is too much. No. So my thinking is that, okay, so we listen to a lot of music. Yeah. Okay. So let's say, what could you get away with as being your all-time favorite? Could it be maybe the top 1%? Is that fair? The top 1% of all the songs you've listened to or the I would bands? Think, yeah, I would think okay. so. Okay. Well, if you've listened to 10,000 songs or 10,000 albums in your life, that gives you like, what, 100? You know? Yeah. Of, so when I, that gives me 100 times I can say something's <laughs> my all-time favorite because it's part of the top 1% of what I've ever listened to. Yes, I love that. I, I love the fact that you're, you're giving us that leeway. That's how it works. So, I mean, if I were less familiar with music and I'd listen to, you know, the same hundred bands over and over, I right. would have less leeway to make that claim. Yeah. But because yeah. we listen to so much music, so many hundreds of thousands of songs, yeah. something being your all-time favorite means it's in the top like hundred or two. Right. And that's a show I could never do. I could never do 
Paul's top 20 favorite songs of all time. Mm-hmm. I sat down and I tried to figure that out at one point, mm-hmm. and I like got to the C's in my list of songs, <laughs> and I had 20 songs. <laughs> I had 20 songs. I know. I updated my list a few years ago, and I came up with the top 10, but it probably has changed by now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You're with the rock and roll chameleon here, by the way, to borrow a little term from the chameleons. Because <laughs> if somebody's excited about music, I can get excited about yeah. what they're excited about most of the time. Mm-hmm. And certainly on a lot of these that you're playing for us tonight. I'm with John Lamoureux. You're listening to Glory Days Radio. And we come to you each and every Thursday from 4.55 p.m. to, I guess, whenever I get whenever I'm out whenever of stuff. Whenever you want, yeah. I, I got no clock on me. You okay. Know? So You can't be contained by a clock. Yeah. All right, where are we going next? Okay, we're going totally in the other direction. This is Henry Lee Summer. We're going, yeah, Southerners with mullets now. That's right. <laughs> in the late 80s, he had some hits. Just a corn-fed, country-fied, good old boy from Indiana with the biggest mullet you've ever seen. <laughs> he had a couple of hits. One of them is this song right here called Hey Baby. It's just so fun. And I picked this one because it's a song where I get the lyrics wrong, <laughs> and I like my version of the lyrics better. Because there's this part in it when he kind of storms in and he says, hey, baby. And I thought, I always think he says, hey, baby, I'm home. Uh, let me wrap my love and arms around you, which is just the best declaration. Imagine him coming home from work and, you know, yeah. throwing the door open. Hey, baby, I'm home. Turns out what he says is, hey, baby, I'm wrong. <laughs> And so it's an apologize, you know, he's apologizing in this song. I was wrong, let me, you know, I was so wrong. That's not, you know, I like my image of what he's saying better. We call that a mondegreen, by the way. Oh, I didn't know there was a technical term. There is. How about that? I'll go over, I don't want to bore you with the whole story, but it's called a mondegreen. That's a misheard lyric. Got it. the end to your playlist, John. Yeah, I got one left. As we sit here in uh, in kind of my new studio, I I really, I took over one of my daughter's rooms, her bedroom, kind of give our audience a little idea of what we've got going on here. Well, it's beautiful. I love the high ceilings. You got a lot of Beatle memorabilia. You got your two microphones and your little production area set up. You got some uh, 
box sets and CDs. You got a guitar up here. If this were, if I, I, I only aspire to have a man cave recording studio as good as this one. I love it. Eat your heart out, Michael Butler. You know, I did, I did the show with Michael, and, and we're broadcasting in this very small yeah. uh, uh, closet. And, you know, for these podcasters, you know, I, you know, I have to cough up a little bit of money, you know, to do what's mm-hmm. called a home invasion. And I did that one with Michael Butler, and, and it was fantastic. The guy fed me, you know, mm-hmm. and I got to go on and, and do a rock and roll geek show with him. So, you know, John's paid me $300 to come to... <laughs> You were wondering where I was going with that. I paid for the privilege of coming to Brownwood, Texas. No, he, but he has agreed to one of these days host me maybe in Denver, mm-hmm. and we'll, maybe we'll go to a, a rock show that would there. Be the best. Of course, it won't be as good as Cafe Anderson. That was pretty special last night. It honestly was. I had a blast. Yeah. All right. As we get into kind of, uh, we're going to play one more, and then we've got a great playout mm-hmm. song that we're going to listen to. And you shared with me the the, the really touching story about your final song here. It's by uh, an artist that I'm not really familiar with called The Deers. Yeah. So I'm bookending my picks here with songs that bring me to tears. The Deers were a, and still are, a um, kind of an alternative rock band out of Montreal, Canada. Lead singer is a black guy, actually, named Murray Lightburn. Mm. And he grew up a big Smiths fan. And so he's fronting this band, The Deers. And in the kind of heady days of alternative rock, especially out of Canada, that was going on in the early 2000s, they capitalized on this. They put out an excellent album called Gang of Losers. And they have a song on that album called Ticket to Immortality. That's the song we're going to play. I honestly don't know what he's singing about. <laughs> it's not, I don't, it, they aren't lyrics that make any sense to me. It's like, but, an, like an Oasis song. Yeah, it's not, the, the lyrics themselves are not meaningful. About a week after my first daughter is born, Georgia, uh, I'm on the treadmill at the gym, and this song is on my running playlist. part in the song where he repeats over and over again the line the world is really gonna love you and then at the end he says in this high falsetto he says I promise you just like I do and at that moment when you've just had your first child and it's this beautiful little girl and you're full of love and feelings you've never experienced in your life the way that he said those lines crystallized my feeling at that moment and I'm on the treadmill and I just you know tears are coming down my cheeks
know, we've all had those moments when we hear a song for the first time that just strikes us, you know, at yeah. that moment. And I'd mentioned mine was U2's Miracle Drug, you know, mm-hmm. that hit me, you know, just in the poignancy of the lyrics. And certainly to catch you at that time, at the, uh, at the birth of your first daughter, mm-hmm. and to hear that, that's what music does to you, isn't it? Just the, the way that he says those words, I promise you, just like I do, in that voice, I just, I'm in that moment, I'm imagining looking at my brand new daughter's face, and that's exactly what I would want to say in the voice that I would want to say it, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's good stuff. That's The Deers. That is Ticket to Immortality. Check that song out off the album, Gang of Losers. This has been Glory Days Radio. You've been listening to John Lamoureux as my special guest. He hosts a podcast called The Hustle where John finds those people that maybe we've kind of forgotten about that have that one song that we remember from our past, and he catches us up on their lives. And it's amazing how a lot of times their stories intertwine with others, and it's just amazing the stories you do. Your interviewing is spot on, and I, just, I, can't, I can't say enough good things about the Hustle podcast. Thank you for saying that. And I love what you do too, by the way. Thank you, John. Yeah. It's necessary for guys like us to have these outlets, and we hope that people enjoy what we do. All right. Now, I told you you could close out mm-hmm. the show. You've gone from some pretty obscure stuff to, I think, the greatest selling album of all time. <laughs> yeah. Well, I wanted to throw in a little bit of everything, you know, touch on different genres and different feelings and emotions. So we're going to close it out with Wannabe Starting Something by Michael Jackson off the Thriller album. And the reason we're going to close with this is because the mama say, mama sa, mama pusa, or whatever it is that he says, <laughs> might be my favorite recorded sound in the history of recorded sound. It is just the best. And so I thought, let's all listen to mama say, mama sa one more time and feel the, you know, the vibe that comes from this great moment. You've been listening to what I'm going to term, shh, shut up. This is my favorite part. And we've been listening to the favorite parts of songs in John Lamoureux's catalog. And you mentioned, we we talked about misheard lyrics a minute ago. I could have sworn in that part he was saying something about Arkansas. (laughs) He probably was. Who knows? (laughs) That's just as logical. Hey, thanks for joining us on Glory Days Radio. And we will see you next week. We're going to close it out with Michael Jackson. Want to be starting something.